Today we talk about one of the greatest board game matchups of all time. Welcome to Tabletop Shop. Welcome back to the Tabletop Shop Podcast. Today we will be talking about the board game Four Gardens, and then we will be transitioning to a very dramatically alluded to board game versus matchup. We'll be pairing two games up against each other and weighing the pros and cons and how they stack up against each other. I'm one of your co-hosts, Mr. Nate Clark, and as always, seated across the valley from me is your other co-host, Mr. Cody Pennington. Good to be here. How you doing, bro? Well, I like that, Cody. That's like a... That's a presenter. That's like an entertainer. I dig that. That's yeah, you a like good that? persona. Hey, yeah, Nate. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. I just like the excitement, Pleasure. Cody. More excitement. That's good. Are you saying I'm not exciting enough normally? Well, I'm not. I didn't say that. And you uh, you, you implied that. I didn't imply that. It's just it's it's it's, it's extra, you know, it's more. It okay? was it, it was just partially implied. A little more exuberance. It was implied. That's good. You want your intro question or not, Cody? Gosh dang it! I don't. I not not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> not if that's the way you feel about all this, man. But this is a good one. This one. Will, I don't know if you you might have to think about this, or you might already have an, an easy answer. We'll find out here. Okay, um, I'll try to be exciting. Go for right. it. What is your Grail game? Are you familiar with that term? Uh, yeah. It's like the game that you are trying to find that maybe isn't in print anymore, and you're just hoping to come across it someday. I, yeah, I feel like more or less that's kind of. I don't know if it technically has to be out of print. But I feel like it's 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 your game that like this is the game that I need to get at some point, you yeah. know. And eventually, I, like it's something you're like working towards, like you want to acquire that game. And so I think a lot of times they're out of print, or you want like the deluxe version or whatever. Yeah. Hmm. So are we going to clarify that if you can just go on Amazon right now or Game Nerds and just order this, it is not a Grail game? Hmm. Or here's the thing. What if it is available there, but maybe it's just it's an expensive game and you've been waiting a while before you buy it. Could that still be a grail game? I feel like outrageously expensive and or out of print qualifies. Okay. Um, well, good thing I have a list of games I want to get. I'm going to have to go over and look at that. Well, I can Which go. begs the question, is it really a grail game if I have to go reference a list and it's That's not just what I, there in I, my heart? I was wondering if you'd be able to jump on it right away or if... If you'd be well, like, oh, I don't... So basically what you're saying is you don't have one, actually. Well, I, I used to have a few, is the thing. Uh, Barrage and Obsession uh, were both up there as Grail you've games. you've acquired them. But I, I acquired them in recent months. Um, Expeditions, I guess, sort of was like that, but really it was just waiting for it to be released. So that doesn't really count either. Yeah, not really. So... Okay, I got one for you. The Grand Carnival is a game I've been looking for for a while. It doesn't seem to be in print anywhere, or if it is available somewhere, it's like outrageously expensive for what it is. Okay, I actually did not know that that was such a... I thought it was just kind of a small little whatever game. I didn't realize it was something you were super interested in, and I didn't realize it was out of print either, actually. It's not really a small little whatever game. It's maybe a moderate whatever game. (laughs) The thing is... It I, I probably could buy it right now because I believe it's available places, but it's just more expensive than what I would want to pay for it. Mm-hmm. But I I have been I've been waiting for it to become more accessible for a long time. So in that way, it is a grail game for me. Okay. 
That's fair. That's it. I'll allow that. Do you have one? I feel like for me, for the longest time, it was Coloma. And Coloma is now, I think you can still late pledge on GameFound because it's being reprinted with an expansion. Um, I didn't back it just because of the life situation right now. It's not a good time to do that. So it's technically available, I guess. I don't even remember what the price is. It was pretty spendy, um, but maybe not Grail game level. Um, so I don't know. I think Coloma still qualifies. I would probably also throw Rising Sun in. Hmm. Um, you know, I mean, expensive is also relative. Like for me, like 80 bucks on a game is expensive. And I could probably find Rising Sun somewhere. I don't know brand new if I could find it for 80, but I could probably find it for 80 somewhere. But for me, that still qualifies. So I, w- I would say one of those. Hmm. Okay. What about uh, Frosthaven? Is that up there? Yeah. I feel like in a perfect world, yes. Like, <laughs> but there's so many like qualifiers before I would even like consider getting Frosthaven. You know, hmm. like there needs to be like it has to be something Anna would like because you need someone to play it with regularly. In yeah. in general, I feel like I need a whole table dedicated to it. So like, there's a lot of like prerequisites you know (laughs) so (laughs) i'm not saying i wouldn't love to have it i would but like i'm not like i'm not idolizing it right now yeah you know you know i did think of another one i have been wanting feast for odin for quite a while it's just i don't want to spend like 80 dollars. maybe right now on average it seems like it's 74 ish but it's just uh, i could buy like two other games for that yep hard to it's hard to dole that out actually another one for me would be thunder and lightning it's an old two-player card game that's just been out of print for ages and so it's just like it's like it's like over 100 bucks for like this little two-player card game you know so do you ever look much on ebay by chance yeah every once in a while but like this in general is like you're not you're not going to find this for under 100 until it gets reprinted it seems like to me so Mm. all right Apparently that hey, was here it is. Z-Man card game, Thunder and Lightning. Uh-huh. 75 plus yeah. shipping. eBay. Still, but it's like okay, 75 that's that's lower than I expected, but it's still like it's just a tiny little card game, you know? It's literally just like a deck of cards, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's like right, 75 here's one that's bucks. Sleeved for 59.25 or best offer. We're getting closer. We're getting closer. Yeah. I just want to say that this Grail game of yours is looking pretty easy to find on eBay right now, so Maybe oh, it's like is. it's like when I was first getting into games, it was like Thunder and Lightning was showing up on Dice Tower lists or whatever, and so I added it, and I have not looked into it in like you know a year <laughs> or two. <laughs> so it looks kind of fun. It, like the I like the the vibe coming from it. All right, well let's get into some new plays. You want to go first? I do want to go first because I finally have a few new plays, hey. but I know it's going to cross over a lot with yours. But I finally want a moment of glory for new go, games Cody. that I've played. You go. All right, I'm going to hit you up first with, of course, Expeditions. Finally played that. We Well, we played like three new games in the same day. We're going to go through all these, but Expeditions did not disappoint. I am slowly working on a comparison video uh, between it and Scythe. When I say working on the video, more I'm, I'm scripting out ideas for it, and eventually I'll put it together. I want to play it more before I go ahead and just make a, a blatant comparison oh, between the two. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely some strong similarities and there's some strong differences. Stellar game. I won't talk too much about it so I can let you, you can cover a couple things about it. I'll be, I'll be generous today. Thank you, Cody. 
Um, I played Four Gardens, but I'm also not going to talk about that because that's our game of the week. Game of the week. Yeah. But we're not we're not transitioning yet. So no, 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 not yet, not yet. And Furnace Interbellum, not a game, but an expansion, added a few unique twists to uh, the Furnace concept. Definitely, I wouldn't quite say weighed it down, but it added a few more things that you have to think about, and it it really adds to the the overall twisting dynamic that Furnace can kind of put your brain through sometimes. And finally, this is a partial play. It's not completed yet, but I have started playing Neotopia. And it's okay. It's all right. More on that later, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so that's me. What have you got? Uh, yeah, some of the same. I'll breeze through them. Expeditions um, was definitely a bit of a, a bit of a mind bender. There's a lot going on. Um, the vibe is great. The art. I mean, let me don't even get me started, Cody. Um, I know this, this should almost make a top five list for art, you know, right? It would have like, it was bad timing for the list, you know, <laughs> size, not nah, expeditions. Definitely though. Um, but I'm also not going to talk about it too much because I think probably either on next episode or soon it will be our game of the week. It should be. Ooh, okay. so leave the people hanging. Oh yeah. So we'll, we'll, um, the jury's out on that one and we'll, we'll get back to that. Um, also, also four gardens, also a skip interbellum. Uh, I was re- I've, since I since this was announced, I was excited. Um, I was excited because I liked Furnace. I found or I heard that it, it embellishes the two player game even more. That made me even more excited. Um, and yeah, we we busted it out. I think uh, it, it scared me a little bit, like with the disc. So it adds in like a fifth disc that can be any number depending on how much coal you spend. I was really worried that was going to be a game breaking thing because. Well, like just in general, like the his like in the history of Furnace, they've done a lot of game breaking things they shouldn't have done. So <laughs> all those player powers. So I was worried, like, is this yeah. another oversight? Like we have is this another like stupid thing? Um but it, it wasn't. So I was happy for that. Uh, the player powers are a little bit like I feel like the ones in the in the expansion are a little bit nerfed also, but in general, I feel like toss them and play without them still. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, made it a little more complex, a little more interesting. Uh, definitely some more interesting cards with abilities, you know, not just running the engine, but actually some effects. So liked that a lot. Um, technically a repeat, but Meadow, because just because I haven't played it in a long time. I don't know really if it's been mentioned on the podcast too much, so... Finally busted Meadow back out. Uh, it's it's been a game of the week before, actually. All right. Well, moving on shows so. what I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, last but not least, actually, I played Splendor Duel, which might surprise you because I did not steal it from your house and we didn't play it at your yeah. house. So. How'd this go down? Um, actually, so I got you Splendor Duel and about the same time, like my dad sent me a message and he was like, I want to get like your sister something for Christmas, but I don't know what's good for her and Jake. And I was like, uh... I don't know, Splendor Duel. Like, I got it for Cody. I think it's good. So he did. We were <laughs> okay. over at their house the other day, and like Anna and I didn't have much to do, so we just learned it and played it. Um, that was a lot of, like, I'm sorry for everybody listening to the podcast. Like, the past 15 seconds, like, I'm so sorry. You don't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cody doesn't care. No one even cares care. about your life, Yeah, Nate. Cody doesn't even care, and he asked. Uh, it, was, it was all right. I, I think it was a little... Like, if we're comparing it to Splendor, like, oh, yeah, it's better than Splendor. It's not even not even a contest. Like, sure, it doesn't scale. It's two-player only. But there's definitely more strategy than there is in Splendor, and it's more interesting. And I would like to play it again. I might have a chance to play it again. I don't know 
if it's something I'd own, though, I, I, I still feel like for Anna and I, it's a little too simple for us to get a ton of enjoyment out of it. But mm. I do think it's, I do think it builds on the design of Splendor in a, in a good way. And that's Bruno Catala for you, right? I mean, that's what he does. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm a, I, I like it. I think it's good. And that's Having it. multiple ways to win is a clever implementation within that. Well, it was interesting because I thought it was like, like it's 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 um it's cutthroat no matter what. I thought it was like Seven Wonders Duel, where there are two one or two ways to end the game, and if not, it expires in the normal way, and then you count up points. But it's not. It's like there are three ways to win, and one of them will get completed, and that person wins. So mm-hmm. yeah. All right. I um, hear that. Well, we both mentioned Four Gardens, so we should probably go talk about Four Gardens, Cody. Game of the week. Hit it. Game of the week. All right, so Four Gardens. Um, this is a game, uh, well, nowadays you buy it from Arcane Wonders, I believe. Um, originally produced by, what is it, Korea Board Game Company? Or what is it? Cor- Sorry. Korea something? Yeah. It's, um, yeah, Korea Board Game Company. Um, I think they originally produced it, and then, yeah, now Arcane Wonders produces it, maybe because it's a Dice Tower Essential now, too. I think that's kind of the thing with the Dice Tower Essentials, is a lot of times they might be older or games that had one printing that get put back into circulation via Arcane Wonders because of Tom Basil. That was a lot of like, <laughs> that was a lot of like industry lingo. I just like names and lingo I just threw out there. So the for, people know. For they people who you. don't know, they're like, Arc, Arcane, Va- who? What? <laughs> what? So, um, Who's yeah. this Tom Vasil you speak of? So, Four Gardens is a resource management game, a set collection game, a hand management game, and a pagoda spinning game. The first, the first pagoda spinning <laughs> type game that we've ever seen, Cody. New patented game mechanic. It is. It is. Love it. Or, or McGimmick, maybe. I'm not really sure. Uh, that'll be something we'll have to talk about. Is it, uh, is it warranted or is it gimmicky or is it both? You know, but um, so yeah. In general, you have um, you have these four different colors of cards basically that you're trying to collect sets of, and to do so, you have to you commit to a card and then you can pay the resources to fulfill that card. And once you fulfill it, you get to score it and every other card within that same colored garden. Um, so you have a few hands in your few cards in your hand, not a few hands in your card. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you get to do three actions with the cards on your turn. An action can be just committing to a card. It can be adding resources, um, or it can be collecting resources from the aforementioned spinning pagoda. Um, this is like, I mean, it's a pagoda. It's that type of, you know, fancy Eastern Asian building. Um, and it's got four sections to it with four different resources and a value of zero, one, two, and three on each side. And so... Yeah. Whatever is facing you, you get to collect either from the top down or the bottom up, depending on the card. But you have a very limited storage. So when I first looked at this, I was like, oh, there's a bunch of resources facing me. Awesome. You know, I'm going to take everything. I'm going to have so many resources. And I was like, oh, I can, I can only store like four or five. Like, okay. Uh, well, I guess I get three stone <laughs> and I can't hold anything else. So, yeah. I, you know. Um, and so it's, it's interesting because the, the different parts spin. And so depending on how low you spin, more parts of the pagoda are turning and different resources are facing you. And so that's how you collect resources. And then the scoring's a little bit 
interesting. It's you just move up on the track that you're for like different colors, but when you can't move up any further, other people move down on the track instead. It's a very kind of aggressive type of, of scoring. I haven't seen that before. Um, pretty mean. That's the only really mean part of the game. The rest is there's not enough interaction to be direct interaction to really be too mean. Mm-hmm. But so that's that's more or less how it plays. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I was going to say about the scoring mechanism where once you can't move up anymore, everyone else moves down. In essence, that all that can almost make sense because it's just a way to maximize like having a larger score track on a small area because if you just kept advancing like the distance between you and everyone else is growing just the same the difference between that is if you can push the other people off the back of the scoring then they can't score anymore period so that's when it starts becoming like really aggressive which i was not expecting that from this game so you look at the game you usually you can detect a certain uh i don't know a certain level of intensity that you might be able to expect from a game just by looking at the cover, looking at the the general gameplay style, uh, the back of the box, all that fun stuff. Yes, you can you can sort of judge a game by its cover. But when you start playing with Four Gardens, there's just a couple things going on that sort of they're, they're deceptive. You know, it's almost like a furnace welcome to hell type thing where it's <laughs> <laughs> it's not deceptive. It's not deceptively cute. Actually, no, it is deceptively cute. I'm what confused, am I saying? Cody. Where, am I You're go- confused. What's going on? I, I am super confused. This is a deceptively cute um, dynamic, like Everdale might be. You're like, oh, it looks all sort of nice. But then there's these like cutthroat, difficult dynamics in it that can really trip you up. So the whole trying to get resources. Yeah, you're right. You can look at this big pagoda, maybe facing you. You can turn a dial, and now you have like seven or eight resources facing you that you think you can get. But you only have storage for like half of that much and you might have and, stuff left over from your last turn that's taking yeah, up storage exactly but the other side of that is once you take resources you have to start taking resources either from the top or the bottom it depends on what card you play uh, for which side you start taking from so maybe you fill up immediately either from that first spot you take from from the top or the bottom but maybe really you just want some of the middle resources so you try to have to you have to try like dumping all the resources off of your mat that maybe you acquired on a previous turn that now is useless for you because you're stupid and you didn't plan very well (laughs) or you just got burned by the game and now you have to burn all those just to try to make room so you can collect the resources that you need it's it's this odd little system again just with all these things i did not go into the game expecting that that's the level of pain i would be experiencing you're definitely like like i don't know if i was in like torture like you were playing this game apparently (laughs) (laughs) Um, like it was definitely a little bit more complex than I was expecting, a little bit more difficult than I was expecting, but I didn't feel like it was anything too crazy necessarily. Mm -hmm. The scoring I thought was interesting and a little mean, but I kind of liked that. Um, even though I think I tied for last in the game. Um, but the rest felt more just random than mean. Um, hmm. Like, especially in a four-player game, you know, like you have this pagoda that's spinning, but you can't really plan about what's going to be facing you on your turn, right? In a two-player game, you could maybe do that a little bit more. Um, but in a, in a four-player game, it's like, well, I'm just going to check out of the game until it's my, it's my turn of the, ter- the person before me, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because it's just totally, it's like, I don't, I don't know what it's going to look like. It's kind of hard to plan, you know? You can plan what cards you want to commit to, but you can't plan 
what's going to be facing you. And you can sit there and hope, but it's not going to change what other people do, you know? And so that's, that's kind of a negative for me, I guess. I felt like the, the Pagoda was a bit too random at four. And I also felt like the cards are just a little weird because, so you have the four different colors of gardens, but then every single card has its own other color assigned to it for scoring purposes. And so, you know, you have like three different types of orange cards that you're allowed to collect, but then all of those cards will have a different color that scores. And so whenever you flip, you get to score all of the colors within your orange set. And so that's something where you could be strategic and be like, really try to collect the purple cards within no matter what set they're in. Because whenever you score a purple card, you're going to move up on the purple track. Hmm. And eventually you might get to start to bump other people down if you're really investing in purple. But I found it so difficult to just get the, like one of the four colors that I needed that I couldn't even focus on the scoring colors so much as just like, because there's very specific types of each color that you need to build your garden. And I was like, I don't care what the secondary color is. I just need the right card to fit in this slot, you know? And I felt like it was really out of my control trying to get those cards. Like, yeah, there's a little market and it's refreshing pretty often because everyone's drawing three cards in their turn. But it's like, I guess we'll just see what's facing me at the end of my turn and maybe I'll get the card I need. Maybe I won't. I don't care if the secondary color is something that really helps me or not because I just need to fit it in this slot, you know? Yeah. So that actually kind of, that was the one thing that probably bugged me the most was I felt like, what cards I got were kind of out of my control. And so it was kind of just like, whatever you get is what you get. And you just try and fulfill as many cards as possible, regardless of color, just throw in the ones that you're allowed to play and just try and fulfill them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think this scales well is kind of one of the main problems for the game that at four players. Yeah. It's, it's the player interaction is definitely random regarding that pagoda. Cause you might try to spin it, but there's really no way of knowing what's going to be facing you once it gets back all the way through the other three players. So probably better as a three-player game, maybe even best as a two-player game. But I think that also applies to those garden cards that you were talking about. Because there are multiple copies of each individual garden card, so you're going to end up with duplicates. Which can be good if you already have a garden card played and you end up with a duplicate. Now you know you can just use that to burn it for resources. But just when there's four players going, like everybody's all fighting over the same types of cards, it can just get hard to actually get anything done. And I think the game actually ends sooner relative to how many cards you can get played in a four-player game. I think it ends at eight. And I want to say if it's a two-player game, you can get like 10 cards played before it ends. So yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if they really anticipated it playing like that, or they just wanted it to be more of a sort of crunchy, sticky game Sticky? Those are accurate <laughs> accurate ways to describe a game when it gets up to four players. <laughs> I also I also feel like it was too long at four. Um, now, granted, it was kind of late in the evening and none of us had played before, so we were all learning at the same time. But it definitely felt like it was dragging yeah. to me. I was distracted, too, because I was busy trying to learn Furnace Interbellum on, <laughs> on the off time when everyone else was taking their turn. So I, well, way, maybe to, I'm not way to have some respect for the game, Cody. <laughs> Way to really invest and, you know, really try hey. to give it an honest, you know, opinion. It was it was a long night. We were trying to fit in a lot of new games. You know, I, I had to be on my on my game, so to speak, learning new games. Here's what here's what I will say about it. I expected it to be simpler than it was, and so I'm grateful that it had more depth. Um I was expecting it a floriferous experience where like I was expecting it to be simple and it ended up being simple, but it didn't. It ended up being definitely like having more depth. Um, I also appreciate multi-use. I always appreciate multi-use cards. Okay. Mm. And these cards have three, all the cards have three different uses on them. So that, that I like, and you use a lot of cards too, so you have a lot of different options. 
Um, the rotating resources thing is fun. It's a good idea. Um, like I said, I think it would work better at two than at four, but I, st I still respect the design there. Um, in general, I think I wouldn't, if I owned this game, I don't think I would keep it. But I do think I would give it at least three or four plays to really... Ex <laughs> if you owned this game, you wouldn't own this game, is what you just said. <laughs> if, I, you know, if I had this game, I wouldn't hold on to it. But that's after okay. one play. And I would definitely give it at least three, maybe four plays. And then I'd be willing to get rid of it. Or if it had grown on me, if I'd, if I'd found some new stuff mm. in it, then I would be holding on to it. So it's kind of a middle of the road thing for me. I think there's a lot of good stuff. I think there might be some some oversights uh, and some, some little negative the rough edges basically but in general i think it's pretty good yeah i know when i was talking about it earlier talking about the pain of the game it probably sounded like i was playing this up to be a just really intense game and that wasn't really my goal like this is still a, a relatively light game more of the point i was trying to make is that it's not as light as you expect it to be there's definitely more going on for for a game of its caliber i suppose yeah um, yeah, all that being said, I also like the, the multi-option cards. I was trying to think of another game that does this well. Uh, Brass Birmingham is a great one where you have cards. You're trying to decide which ones to burn to let you just drop, um, tracks or boats, or which ones are you actually going to try building on a specific location. And this kind of felt like that where eventually you might end up with some duplicate cards and you know you can only build one specific type of each card so if you end up with a duplicate now that becomes a burnable card yeah i, I love the the options the the decisions it gives you that you have to be making again i like that too i just felt like that resulted in it being a little too there was a little too much randomness as far as which cards i get but and i guess the positive spin is that no matter what you get whether it's a repeat or whether it's one you need it can be used, right? It's not like the repeats are just trash. You can burn them and you can use them for something. Yeah, you can always get something for them. And even if you don't need resources anymore, well, then you can just burn the card to move the resources using the, the little wheelbarrow right. effect that they all have. Right. Yeah. I like the aggressive scoring system too. Again, deceptive in how the game looks. You don't think it's going to be like this, but you're, you're actively trying to max out a given track so that you can just knock off all the other players and then you secure all those points just for yourself. I, it, it's, it's an ingenious, um, what's the word, dude? Sort track. of spicy mechanic. Spicy. Yeah, that they that was what you came there. up with. That was your verdict. <laughs> spicy. Spicy. It's a spicy. <laughs> this game. game's really spicy and sticky, isn't it, Cody? Yeah. And it looks nice. Let's just say that it does look nice. Um, it's got kind of like this. Um, not no, not Minecrafty. It's kind of like this simple kind of animated art style. Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is all right. I think it looks okay. The colors are nice. You make these little landscapes as you're completing your gardens. Looks good. And all the landscapes are going to be different because even though there are duplicate cards, even the duplicate cards, as Kirsten pointed out, they have different wow. art okay. on them. Just little different little flourishes, which I appreciate that they yes. they took the time to actually add unique art for every single card. Yeah, respect to that for, for that. Yeah. Um just jumping back on with my with my dislikes to add to yours yeah it was definitely difficult to plan doing much in the game at least again for a four-player game it felt like you just kind of had to take the turn that was given to you so maybe if you're the kind of person that just wants to let go you just live <laughs> life then maybe this is for you but if you're someone who really wants to know what you're doing on your next turn maybe play a two-player version or three-player or a different game yeah yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> if, if you want to, sure. Maybe if you have it, don't have it. It's Nate's <laughs> philosophy. Um, I want to say the card art was also kind of confusing. There's you know, like double-sided cards where one side of the card doesn't give very much information. It basically just communicates what uh, what type of landscape card it's going to be, but it doesn't tell you the the function of the resources that's required or how it's going to turn the pakoda for you. Like that that stuff that's hidden just to the player that can see them. And the thing is that I wish they had made those sides a little bit more obvious to tell apart because there are multiple times where like I picked up cards and put them in my hand and then realized that I had half of them like facing the opposite direction. <laughs> <laughs> so Wait, I, I wish had they had cards done in your hand backwards. Yeah, it's because both sides will have the same icon, like at the top right or left, right. where it shows you the color and then a circle, and they just with all the card art looking so similar too. Yeah, it, but one it's side just the overall graphic design was confusing. One side has a bunch of icons; the other side has just a piece of art, though. Sure, but when you have them all, when you have them like fanned out in your hand the the side that shows like all the resources is kind of covered up. So then the borders and the tops is the main part of what you see and those all look the same okay so i mean i yeah it's it, it's a little thing but i i wish it was a little bit more easy to to discern immediately fair enough i guess fair criticism so, so yeah them's my thoughts what's what's your final verdict for four gardens um like i said i think it's definitely worth a play maybe even worth maybe even worth a purchase if you like what you've heard so far, right? If you don't need to be a game, if you don't need a game to be too deterministic in getting to plan out multiple turns ahead and, and all of this, if you kind of just like to kind of play the hand you're dealt, and of course there's still there's still strategy, there's still decision making, and all of that. It's not just like total luck. It's it's not like that at all. Mm-hmm. But there is there are some things out of your control, and so if that doesn't bother you, if you like to just go with the flow and do your best based on what you have then this is probably a good game for you. I think there's enough strategy for, for quite a few plays, but I think it's simple enough that it's not it's not anything too crazy. Yeah. Yeah, personally, I think I'm going to need a few more plays on this to really decide if I permanently want to keep it. But what I will say is that I respect the game. I respect <laughs> the game. I'm not sure if I like the game or not. You know, you, you might have some people in your life that you respect them, but maybe you also at the same time don't necessarily enjoy being around them. It's potentially like that. It's one of those people. All right. All right. Well, let's move on to our new board banter. Nate, we're starting a new series here, as you know. We're going to call this the Versus series because we are incredibly creative and original, but it also directly explains what it is. It's straight to the point. And by, yeah, and it's so straight to the point that I now have to actually explain our specific topic, which is Terraforming Mars versus Ares Expedition. Two very similar yet very different games. Terraforming Mars came out 2016, if I recall Sounds correctly. Right. Ares Expedition is like is that 21? 2020? Maybe 2021. 21? So a good four or five years later. Um Ares Expedition did some things different. It fixed a couple things um and possibly created new things to be broken, <laughs> as it were. <laughs> so um, yeah, we, we had to cut off like 20 minutes of trying to decide how we were going to approach um, doing this because each of us independently came up with a very different system for how we wanted to compare the two. 
ultimately mine won. I don't know if it's just better or Nate is just especially humble today and he wanted to That's, just, it's the latter just let that slide. Yeah, okay, definitely that one. Definitely that. Uh, but how we're going to do this is we're going to talk about Terraforming Mars first and we're going to talk about the things that it did better than Ares Expedition. We'll go through all our points for that, and then we'll talk about Ares Expedition. And they don't—it's not necessarily going to be related points to the first ones we brought up for Terraforming Mars, but we're just going to talk about the things that Ares Expedition did better than TM. And all the cool kids know that TM does not stand for trademark; it stands for Terraforming Mars. That's funny because my computer thinks it stands for trademark because I type TM and then autocorrects to like a little like uh, superscript TM. I'm like, no. (laughs) I know. I want to turn that out every time I'm in a Google Doc and I write TM. It does that. I was like, stop it! You know nothing. Stupid. There is a way to disable that, right? You can stop the little... I mean, you can always just uh, hit backspace and it undoes it and then you can keep typing. So Yeah, but I don't have time to do that, dude. I'm just going to be left with these trademarks everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Nate, Nate, since you were so kind to, to adopt my system for this new banter series, how about I let you go first and bringing up the first official point the first official. of what TM did better than AE. And I don't know if that's going to catch. AE can be lots of things. Age of Empires, yeah, nah. Okay, let's just, can I take over? Yeah, right. do, please do. Um, first point, I feel like Terraforming Mars has more avenues to points. Um, of course, this is a, it's a Euro game. It's points, 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 get points here, get points there, get points, you know? And there's a lot of different ways to do it. Um, Terraforming Mars definitely has more avenues to that. Through the cards... Like, I feel like there's more variety in the cards. Now, there's also a negative aspect to that. Um, But I feel like there's more variety in the cards to allow you to get points. But also, you have the actual board aspect, right? You're actually putting greenery on the board. You're putting it adjacent to cities. You have stuff on the board that produces resources for you. You have all these awards and milestones that you're competing for. So, I feel like there's a lot more ways to get points, you know? And I... That's something that I like a lot. Um, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel crowded. It doesn't feel like there's too much going on, but there are still a lot of different ways to do stuff, and I like that. Yeah, my first point actually is pretty similar. There, there is more going on in terraforming Mars. I think the the cards in Ares Expedition, the the deck itself maybe has more things compared to the deck in terraforming Mars, but we're not talking about Ares Expedition yet. In Terraforming Mars, you have, I mean, the, the whole central board mechanic is drastically more complicated. In AE, uh, it's, I'm just gonna I'm I'm just gonna resort to calling it that, dude. I don't want to say it's expedition every time. <laughs> it's AE, AE. In AE, all you have is the oceans, and it's not even a placement or anything. You you just flip over a random ocean. Like the the board could just be a placeholder. Actually, it is just it a placeholder. Is. It's a glorified placeholder. Yeah. In terraforming Mars, there actually is like territories that you're not quite fighting over, but you're trying to to fight over placing a territory somewhere. You're putting out oceans. You're deciding where greenery is going to go. There's cities that you can build. There's even some. Aren't there like uh, permanent city spots? There's a lot of um, on the map. There's a lot of special tiles that are connected to cards that have yeah. placement restrictions that score differently that do different things. Yeah. Yeah, so that way it really is a full-on board game, and then the cards basically let you run the board game is, I guess, kind of how you can think about it. But then the in comparison, the tracks themselves are more interesting too. And Ares Expedition, you just move to the end of the track and then it's done. You, you get the oxygen up, the, the temperature up, and so forth. 
uh, with Terraforming Mars. It's been so long since I played it. As I was going back and reviewing for making this list, is some is something I forgot about. But on the like, once you boost up the temperature in Terraforming Mars, there's a couple spots where you actually get a heat resource if you're the first person to move it to a certain point. Heat production. And then if you're yeah. moving, uh, yeah. Oh, heat production. Okay, yeah. And then when you're moving up an oxygen. What is it that you get? You can move is up. It, uh, there's this, there's a space that gives you a bonus to bump the temperature up. Also, um, you can also get an ocean gotcha. on the temperature track. Yeah, that was okay. Yeah, so I mean that's I was gonna say unique twist, but Terraform Mars came first, so it's just it's just how it did it. But it added some incentive to try to be first to move up, or maybe not first to to time more accurately there's, when you move there's up there's some maneuvering with like how you take your actions sometimes you stall for time because yeah for whatever reason like as long, this happens a lot with the heat track the temperature track a lot of times you're stalling for time with your actions so the other person runs out and is forced to you know spend their heat and do their action and then you can come in with the double heat or whatever and get the bonus whatever yeah, yeah. if you can get a couple in a row yeah the other thing is that in tm energy is actually a resource. It's something I forgot about because I've been playing Ares Expedition for so long. Energy is not a resource. All it is is a tag that relates to just a couple of effects. Yeah, yeah. But you can actually use it to do stuff. Well, no, no, it it uh, it translates into heat at the end of every round, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Which... So, yeah, that's me. And there's some cards in the deck that you can spend power on. Um, oh, okay, cool. In general... I think this is a positive for me. I and this is a little similar, but I find that Terraforming Mars is in general just more a more complex game. It's a more advanced game. Um, mm-hmm. Now this is a two-sided coin because Ares Expedition is kind of a more streamlined version of Terraforming Mars, and a lot of people actually prefer that over base TM. Um, they want the more streamlined. They don't want the big Euro experience. They want just like some fast card play produce some resources, and then score some points, you know? Mm-hmm. So those are very different things. But for me, the more complex actual board game comes in as the positive. Yeah, um, I'll agree with that. It's definitely, there's more going on. It's more complicated. It's more it's more present and solidly established as a full-on game. Yeah. Um, something I'll throw in there is also the, I think they're the milestone, like what you're competing for as races, over the course of the game, as well as those are the, uh, it's separate from the milestones. They're like the objectives. There's milestones and awards, right? Awards. So there's yeah. there's five available of each, but only three of each can be claimed. Mm-hmm. Um, the awards can actually be, or the milestones can actually be claimed. The awards you just sponsor them, and then they become competitive end game scoring. Three of the five become, mm-hmm. depending on who pays to sponsor them, they become yeah end game scoring things. Which is very interesting that it's not just blatantly competitive it's someone has to put up the money to sponsor one in the first place and obviously and they may or may not sponsor win. one that you think yeah. you can get yeah yeah it's yeah clever little thing so aries expedition in an expansion it adds components that are very similar to that but here's the deal we're talking about the base games we yes. can compare expansions if we want to but base tm already comes with those included which yeah. is a bonus well, that's a good segue for me because my next point is that Terraforming Mars has multiple great expansions and the expansions for Ares Expedition are kind of a letdown, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, first of all, Terraforming Mars, just by nature of having a board, is able to have an expansion that gives you two more, like another double-sided board with different milestones and awards that we just talked about. 
and then different you know water placement and bonuses on the actual board itself. Um, so that in and of itself is amazing. It greatly increases the replayability in the game because it's not the same board every time. Um, the colonies expansion also is amazing because we were talking about um, like the energy earlier. There's not much you can do with the energy resource. It just turns into heat. But the colonies expansion put, provides all these tiny little colonies that you can trade with and you use your energy to actually go out there and trade and get more stuff. Um, so I love that also. Prelude is not an expansion I have, but people absolutely, uh, that's kind of like touted as the like must-have expansion for Terraforming Mars. It kind of jumpstarts mm. the game and makes it go a little bit faster, more bonuses, that kind of stuff. Um, so I think, I think Mars has exceptional expansions. Yeah. I can't speak as much for the expansions because I haven't played all of them. And yeah, but it, the TM definitely has more robust expansion options than Ares Expedition does. I was pretty disappointed with the expansions that Ares Expedition brings to the table because a couple of the modules, we've already talked about this, but they just don't work or they just don't add anything really to the game. Like the wild tag, the, the you <laughs> have three like... in the whole deck. There's like 30, 30 tokens, 30 wild tokens that you can use to represent whatever tag you want the cards to be. And yeah, then there's only three cards in this like 200 plus card deck. Yeah, it's like, why? It's that's that's yeah that's it's a gimmick it's a gimmick at that point so yeah tm definitely wins out in that aspect that being said i haven't played the Ares expedition um crisis i think is what the that's third like a expansion cooperative is, expansion or makes or it cooperative right? yeah. but who who wants that yeah, come, on. come on who wants that who wants that do you want that i don't, I don't want, want that. it's not not it's not for me that's it's not for not, me that's for sure not for us and that actually is my final comparative positive for tm so did you have anything else um one more that's kind of another kind of another double-sided one um in general i think there's more luck in terraforming mars however i think if you draft cards in terraforming mars like seven wonders rotation style drafting um i think in the event that you do that there's actually less luck um the reason i think there's more luck is because your the cards are so all over the place that you could be dealt cards that do not work with your strategy at all. You could be dealt cards that you have no chance of being able to play anyways. Um, a lot of times you'll get a card that's literally already passed. It's like, you know, uh, the requirement and it's literally impossible to play or the requirement's so far away that you're like, nope. So hmm. a lot of times you can be dealt really bad cards and somebody else can be dealt just exceptionally very good cards, you know? Um, yeah. And so if you're drafting that, that shakes things up, right? Everyone's kind of getting a much fairer chance. Um, Makes the game a little bit longer, but I think it's a very good variant for Terraforming Mars. I think I've only played that variant once, maybe. But it was fun. Definitely improved. All right. How about we move over then to the dope things that Ares Expedition literally brings to the table. Would you like to hit us off once again with your first point? I'll hit us off. And this is coming, off, this is coming off of my Terraforming Mars comment I just made. Which, I mean, to be frank... In Terraforming Mars, some cards are just straight up bad. Sometimes it's like, it doesn't matter when you get this card. There are some <laughs> cards that are just like, I, I would never, ever, in any, in, under any circumstances, buy that card. You know? Ares Expedition does not have that nearly as much, if at all. I think the general repute of the cards in Ares Expedition is higher. The cards are just kind of generally better, right? Mm. Um, there are just less straight up bad cards. I feel like there are also less cards that can only be useful in certain situations. Now, this also stems from the fact that there are less avenues to points, but, you know, the full circle 
you know, outcome of this is that most of the cards you get will be pretty useful for you in some way or another. So, yeah, I think that's a good point. And sort of a necessary aspect since Ares Expedition is touted as Terraforming Mars, the card game, basically, like the cards need to work well. If it's the card game and they didn't <laughs> fix that aspect, then there, there'd be a problem there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, my, my first thing for Aries is that it's just better component quality mm-hmm. caveat. If you get, if you get the, the first edition, the original edition, the, the reprints are not mega high quality. I don't know if they even come with the resource trays. If I remember, it's like, it's, they come with like nothing, Yeah. but if you get the, if you get the first print, which is still out there, obviously it's not the first print is not being printed anymore, but if you're looking around on eBay or anyone else who has gotten the game that maybe they were a little bit disenchanted with it and they want to they want to sell it, grab it, take it. It's worth it. Because you get the you get these double layered boards, the sort of scythe style um, double cardboard where it's going to hold all your cubes, and you need that. There's so many cubes you're moving around in this thing. I'll yeah, tell you what. There's if you, there's one game you need it even more, Cody. Terraforming Mars. <laughs> what a comparison yeah as you bump that map you got to remember where all your production values were dude like if you don't know you're kind of screwed so aries it it did a good job with that it just overall looks nice i really like the little uh component trays it comes with too that they they're how you actually store the money when you put it back in the box but you just take the lid off and you put those trays out and now they're your your little game trays for gameplay which is dope. TM, you just you, you dump them on the table and you hope they don't spill off the side. <laughs> Pathetic. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, I'll piggyback on that directly. Um, also, of course, one of my bullet points is is better component quality, just in general. Um, and honestly, like, Ares Expedition has pretty good, especially if you get that first printing, whatever has good production quality. But honestly, I just want an excuse to rip on Terraforming Mars more because it is a, just atrociously bad. The cards are cheap. The player mats are like cardstock, basically. They're not even cardboard. You know, they're just like cardstock and they're warped. And um, you just get a bunch of cheap plastic cubes. And it just it's just so, it's such a cheap production, man. Um, and in addition with that, I'm kind of doubling up two points here because they're similar. The art yeah, is so much better in Ares Expedition. Partially mm-hmm. just because it's consistent. Like Terraforming Mars has, it does, it didn't, they didn't know, like, it's just like, here's a picture from NASA, here's a stock photo from Google, here's something that game designer drew, <laughs> we're just going to mash it all together, you know? Yeah. Ares Expedition has actual consistency and the art looks pretty good. So mm-hmm. I definitely appreciate that in Ares Expedition. I'm going to piggyback off of that piggyback because that's my second point is that the cards definitely look way better in Ares Expedition, but not just the art. Again, I've been playing Ares Expedition for so long that when I went back and I was looking at pictures of the just the graphic design, like the borders and the symbology and the icons from TM, yeah, yeah, it looks it looks like some '90s stuff going on. It, like it's it a looks dated. old. It doesn't look very good. Ares Expedition, it's like they have a nice, consistent look to everything. It's almost like a softer yet still like sci-fi just vibe to everything it looks so much better it's it doesn't hurt your eyes when you play the game you know i do know now one one little thing if we're talking about graphic design yeah yeah. the cards in terraforming mars require a little less maintenance for how you lay them out um Hmm. the cards in aries expedition take up more room because 
you have stuff at the top that you need to be able to see and stuff down like the side. And so, oh no, no, it's not, it's not, it's the, the stuff at the bottom and there's stuff on the side that you need to be able to see a lot of times. Whereas in sure, Terraforming Mars, it's literally just like, just the, like, you can just stack all the cards, like, just so you can see the icons at the top, you know? And so, oh no, I'm a little bit confused. Sorry. Well, T- TM, you still, you still have the action right, cards. That's, the you mentioned the actions and out, right? I realized I was confused. So I thought, what? There's something weird about, like, you have to stack the cards side to side in Ares Expedition because the icons are on the side. Um, and in Terraforming mm. Mars, you can just stack them and they're, it's a lot more compact because the icons are just at the top and that's it. I don't know. It was something, it's, there's something weird about how the cards stack in Ares Expedition. Hey, what's going on, dude? We're, we're talking about the good stuff that Ares Expedition brings to the table and you're, you're ripping on it now? What's going on? So my last point... <laughs> <laughs> this is a good okay. thing all right this is a good thing um Ares exposition is fast now i don't mean it's a shorter game necessarily but the game plays fast pretty much everything in the game is simultaneous right you all pick an action at the same time and then you all do the actions at your own pace at your own speed everyone's done okay rounds over pick your next card all right let's do it again Now, there are some negative aspects to that that I guess I won't get into because we only have to glorify these games. We're not allowed to say anything bad about them, okay? But I like like that the game is so snappy like that. It flows really, really well. Well, we're we're passively saying bad stuff about the opposite game. But I forgot, Cody. But I forgot. And so now I can't retcon, all right? You got my hands tied. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you agreed to this. We virtually shook hands. This is Cody's system, by the way. Yeah. Hey, you should have just prepared better, dude. What's your last point? Yeah. <laughs> I actually have two last points. Right. Um, one of them kind of combines with yours. Uh, Ares Expedition definitely is streamlined. This is terraforming Mars with some stuff switched up and some stuff made much faster. You can play a game of Ares Expedition and still feel just as weighed down in everything that you're juggling, but you can probably play it in potentially half the time sure. that a game of TM might take. Yeah. Uh, and so that's pretty cool. If you want to try to get your Terraforming Mars relative experience, um, but you have a shorter time that you can play the game in, or you want to potentially get multiple games played, Ares Expedition, they got you covered. One thing I'll and, say is that, well, I'll let you do your last point, because maybe that's a better summary thing to say. Okay. Well, actually, it's kind of off by off by the side. It's something that Ares Expedition specifically fixed that Terraforming Mars did not do super well at, and that was the resource concept. So, like having um, a well, not a plant resource, having like an animal resource or a microbe, those kinds of things. Terraforming Mars, there's like a couple of cards that do it, and they maybe just don't synergize super well, or they're just not really worth putting your time into. Like if you're gonna have to pay for a card like you're going to want to you you're going to want to keep some other cards that do better things for you in the Ares expedition there's a lot more of these cards that let you put resources onto other cards uh, there's cards that have certain effects that trigger to generate a resource whenever you do a certain thing so it kind of lets you build up these card synergies lets you get an engine built and then there's some cards that are like one-time effects that you play them and you, you get to just drop resources onto another card. And then you have these actions that let you spend those resources to do things or the cards themselves are just worth points at the end of the game based on how many resources you have. And I've had a couple of games where I was able to get some really good synergies off of those and I got like a lot of points like just off of like animal resources. Yeah, I think I think in general, more or less, I, I agree with that. Yeah. 
Um, cool. So one thing, one thing I would say is, and I think maybe we disagree on this, uh, on this point, but I think these games are different enough that, like, I don't think Ares Expedition is a terraforming Mars killer. I think the games are unique enough that you could definitely own both and not feel like you have two different versions of the same game in your house. I feel like they're definitely different enough and they're both good enough that um, people could own, definitely could have owned both of these. Yeah. That being said, do you have a final verdict on which game wins? As far as I know that's not necessarily the goal of these banters. We just want to compare, but I, I feel like we should still give them the honor of awarding a victor. <laughs> um, I think in general, like, yeah, sure. Let's, let's declare a victor, even though I think we're going to have a split here. Um, okay. I definitely enjoy Terraforming Mars more, um, partially because there's more player interaction. Um, like, you, like I mentioned earlier, uh, Ares Expedition is just like, it's all simultaneous. It's all just kind of multiplayer solo. There's not really anything that you... I mean, this is one of the most multiplayer solo games I've ever played. It's literally like, whatever everybody else is doing, just completely ignore it. The only part that matters is what card people pick for the beginning of the round, right? Hmm. And so, Terraforming Mars has a lot more interaction, and I like that a lot. It, it pays to pay attention to what other people are doing. You're interacting on the board. Um and it's just, it's more complex. And I think if you're drafting, there's not that much luck. And yeah, it's a bigger, it's a bigger, badder, better experience, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, pre predictable answer from Mr. Nate Clark. Nah, that's right. We've talked about this multiple times before. But my verdict, controversial here, is neutral. And here's my reason, a bit of a complicated answer. Okay. I'm, I'm going to passively pick Ares Expedition. And this is because I already own Ares Expedition. It's quick. I really don't see myself getting Terraforming Mars anytime soon. But even if I did, and I had both Ares Expedition and Terraforming Mars on the shelf, um, especially with Kirsten involved, we'd, we would just play Ares Expedition much more often. Yeah. That being said, if you could fix the original Terraforming Mars with the things that went into Ares Expedition, so maybe... Uh, fix that resource component, and then get the quality of the materials boosted, I think I would, at that point, pick Terraforming Mars over Ares Expedition. So well, a little bit of a caveat. Okay. So you might, there it is. if that was the case, you might pick it as a superior edition. However, Ares Expedition would definitely still hit the table more, right? Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's a virtue of, I, I think you said it well, that they're similar, but they are still different games. They don't necessarily scratch the itch of the other. Ares Expedition... It's it's just easier to get out, even though it's a different game from TM. Yeah. So there you go. All right. That's our SmackDown. That's our versus. Look at that. Yeah. This is gonna be fun. The this maybe was an interesting banter, because these are two games that are very interesting to compare and perhaps difficult to to maybe come out with a a winner possibly, just because they, they, they do different things. But I'm looking forward to what we get with some different matchups, you know? Yeah, and some games that aren't necessarily so related, right? Like these are, yeah. like you're saying, these are two different versions of kind of the same thing. Yeah, they're derivatives. Yeah, it'll be interesting, yeah, to see what other matchups we cook up. It'll be fun. Hey, and when TM the Dice Game comes out, we're going to have to throw that up. I don't know if I'll ever get it played. I mean, we'll see. 
Maybe uh, we could compare that to Roll for the Galaxy if we ever get both of those played. I'm, I'm, I'm reckoning that there could be some similarities. Yeah, I'm thinking so. All right. Well, that's that. Yeah, and remember, find the first edition of Ares Expedition and thank us later. Okay, well, that was um, that was a fun that was a fun episode. Uh, we got to talk yeah. about a, new, a game that was new to both of us, and we got to find You know, I feel like this this terraforming Mars banter has been building up. You know, it kind of comes up every once in a while, and now it's all out there, right? And that's good. Maybe we should uh, go ahead and export this just as its own thing and put it up as a as a question for the people to see. I like how you're thinking, Cody. I like where yeah, you're going yeah. with that. That's how. Hey, new ideas all the time. Like chicken nuggets. Okay, what about fish nuggets? Okay. Um. See you guys.